It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Ade. And this is Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. A podcast series that gives voice to positive black action, no matter how big or small. Awesome. Well, guys, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. In front of me, I have Joshua Umorin. How am I saying? Umorin, that's it. Umorin. Umorin, yeah. Is that, that's a Nigerian name? Yeah. Is it? Um, From Calabar. But is Joshua, uh, Joshua isn't a Nigerian name. Is how... Yeah, just I mean, I've got a Nigerian name as well, okay. uh, Natido, so it's spelled N-T-I-E-D-O. That's my Nigerian um, first name, should I say, yeah. but then also Joshua is what I tend to use more often. Is that strategically based because we live in England and the Western world? Um, yes and actually no, no, I think what it is, is I think I just prefer Joshua. Only for like, the, I think it's more from the biblical implication of like who he was in the Bible. Um, a very strong man and had lots of virtue and that's where I tend to feel like the name gets the strength from yeah as opposed to I don't I don't necessarily identify a lot with my Nigerian name shall I say okay although I did use it a lot for, I do use it a lot right when do you use your Nigerian name and when do you use I guess Joshua um, I think people that are very close to me will use my Nigerian name oh okay so people that are very very close to me will just yeah that's it that's all they know me as. They just look at me like, no, I can't call you Joshua, like, call you by your by yeah, Nigerian name. Yeah. We know you, type of thing. So, yeah, okay. that's what it is. Well, brilliant. So, Joshua, tell us about you. I mean, in terms of <laughs> why am I in front of you? I'm in front of you because we have a mutual friend. Yeah. And she told me that you guys are amazing. And I say you guys because, um, guys, whilst you're actually at it, do check Mort and More, yeah. which is M-O-R-T-S and More. Yeah. And it's um, a bespoke tailoring company. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I'll let you to say you, <laughs> yeah, you sell it the so, best. Um, um, yeah, no, we, we have a bespoke tailoring company. Myself set it up with my business partner, Senna. Um, since 2011, we've pretty much been providing semi bespoke suits for guys that can't afford to go to Savile Row. And they're looking to have that style experience and get something unique, but yet the funds don't back it up. So that's the, well, that's the sole purpose of why we set the business up, really just because you yourself were in that situation or that's exactly yeah. it no okay. that, that is exactly it so it all began well years ago when we first all left uni right we was all working professionally starting our new jobs we all had to wear suits for work so i was working in sales the, re- the other guys are working in it and sales and they had to dress smart wear suits now we were happy at first like, just buying our suits wearing suits for the first time saying this is amazing we look sharp yeah, yeah look we, we like fashion we look good right yeah. 
as most guys do. And I see it now when I see um, young guys wearing their suits for the first time. Even though I look at the suit and think, that suit's off. Ah. I could see the confidence they have in wearing it. Like, ah, oh, I'm wearing a suit. I feel great. Right? But after a period of time of wearing those suits, you thought, these suits aren't that great. <laughs> right? They're not. Like, you look around. You're looking around because you're trying to get inspiration and compete with other people. And you're thinking, I can't compete with that guy. Like, his suit is amazing. Point, yeah. Right? So I'm asking different guys, like, where did you get your suit from? He's like, oh, I've got mine made in Italy. Or... I got my maiden Savile Row, and I'm like, okay, that's not me. I can't. Like my budgets don't stretch that far. Yeah, if they could, you would. If I could, I would, right? And what happened was, one of the guys I know, one of my friends, was working in an, an office space in the sea, and there was um, I can't remember where it was from, where it was from India or somewhere. A travelling tailor came in to see them, took everyone's measurements disappeared, came back and gave everyone some bespoke suits. And everyone was like, wow, this is amazing, right? The problem was, is that the fit wasn't that great. Okay. The business communication and the customer service wasn't great either because the translation between India and England is somewhat different. Their customs are different to the way they treat people and the way they act and behave. Simply, maybe the language barrier. Maybe that was it. So So we thought to ourselves, well, hold on. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we take that business and do it properly and be a proper customer service, um, a customer facing base, should I say. So if people have an issue, they can speak to us, relate it to us. And not only that, we feel we understand style. So we know how to make people look good in those suits if we were the ones doing it. Okay, well, I've got a couple of questions from you. So (laughs) you yourself don't actually... You're not like a production line yourself where you do the cuts and you actually stitch it together. You're almost for want of a better word, you'd, like you said, a front facing. Exactly. Between you and the actual person making. Exactly. Ah, We're the designer. So that when people ask, are you a tailor? I say, no, I'm a designer. Right, okay. right, so we design the whole outfit. We design the cut and the way it looks, the way it's put together, the colors, everything, the fabric. And then we get someone else to make it. It's then we present it to the customer and we do the rest from there in terms of alterations. When alterations are needed, we know what's needed to be done, but then we give it again to someone else to do the alterations. Right. We're simply the guys that the people see and they sell the suits. And are there many people like that in, in your industry? Business model, and there's sp- a lot. Yeah, and specifically any black? I say, I would say there are a few black guys. I mean, I would say we're not the majority. We definitely are the minority doing this business. This business model does exist. There's quite a lot of companies out there doing it in the UK, in fact, worldwide, worldwide. Yeah. Um, I think big companies do that regardless. They, go, they get productions in exactly. like India, China, wherever, and exactly. they just stamp their brand on it and voila. That's exactly it. Yeah. This, is, this isn't something that's new. However, it's something that's new to us and our, our community because it's something I didn't know about until I started looking into it. Now, um, there are what do, you, few... what do you mean by that when it's new to us and our community? Well, look, when I was growing up, and I was looking to buy a suit, all I knew was to go to Next or Burton's. That's all I knew. I knew about Savile Row. I knew about the old tailoring experience and the history that England and London has been steeped in. I understand that fully, but I knew Savile Row wasn't for me already. That's all I knew. Savile Row is there, Marks and Spencer's there, Burton's is there, but that's all I I know. I don't know anything else. Now, until we started working on it and created this business and put it out there, other guys like us were like, wow, you can make suits. Like really, like you guys make suits. How did you discover to do that? And that's when I realized that other guys don't know this type of thing exists. Mm. And that's why our business, I think, has been able to thrive amongst 
guys like myself because it's new to them. Yeah. And we're bringing them a new experience. Yeah. And you are, are you catering to the black community? I mean, I know it sounds weird because you'll yeah. take money wherever money comes, right? Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? But your business is sort of trying to fight really steep institutional sort of middle class, Massively. you know, Massively. upper class white society. Massively, because what, what our business says now is that what was once left for the rich, right? For oh. the wealthy, which was said was reserved for them, is now we're opening up the doors for other people. Now, it's not necessarily that we're targeting just the black community. It just so happens that the black community tends to be the ones that tend to be at the bottom, that haven't got anything, all the opportunities that are afforded to them, right? It just so happens. However, it's, it's to everyone. It's, it's, this is out to anyone who's been left apart saying that, no, you can't afford to have this. You, should, you don't deserve to have this because you only earn this much. Or you're not from a wealthy background or your daddy doesn't do this, right? So you don't deserve to have this. So we've created a business for everyone to be able to say, well, no, look, we can have it too. And not only can we have it, we can have it just as good as you can have it. And that's, the, that's where we're trying to grow the business to. It just so happens that we're black, right? Yeah. And as a result, guys that look like me, act like me, come from where I'm from, will relate to me more and say, yeah, well, look, 100%. I'm with you. And yeah, I'm, we, we love that. We love it. So, I mean, I want to almost bring this into now the challenges. Yeah, okay. Because let's not be around the bush. You had a cushy job. Right? Yeah. Or oh, you said you're on sales, you had to wear suits. Yeah. It was, it was a, 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 it was a, steady, a steady paycheck. Yeah, it was you good. Know, you knew that <laughs> oh, if you didn't make such a sale, then whatever, yeah. at the end of the month, you're still going to get that paycheck. Yeah. So all of a sudden saying, you know what? Nah, I'm actually going to do my own. <laughs> Which, honestly, to me, is phenomenal because yeah. not a lot of people do that. So yeah. I almost want to know just your, your mindset. Like, what was, the, was there a catalyst? Did something like just break you and go, you know what, I'm going to do my own? Was there a story behind that? Or it's interesting. I mean, I think this is something that was ingrained in me from, from young, right? Okay. So from the very beginning, when I was, I say when I was a young boy, I can't say what age, but just when I was a young boy in school, and people would often ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? Right? I never knew. The only thing I did know is that I want to be working for myself. So I guess at that age, I knew I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to do my own thing. I just didn't know what I was going to do. And as I grew up and as I got older and I was going to college and university, I still knew I'm going to do something for myself, right? So I went down the route of pharmaceutical science because okay. going from um, the experience from my mum telling me, you will try this, try that, pharmaceuticals, pharmacy. So I did pharmaceutical the, the science, science, right? Yeah, Niger. Niger, right? So it's still there. Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> I went down that route. And as I was on my placement year, pharmaceutical science, I was looking around at the different departments because I thought, I'm not going to be a formulation scientist. I'm just not going to sit in the lab. It's just not me. Mm. Right? It's interesting, but no. Right? I don't want to be told how to think, what to mix, and then give someone else the outcome based on what they want me to do. Right? I want to be able to make my own moves. And I looked around and I saw the sales and marketing team. And I was like, wow, they, they look like they're having fun. Okay. They're out there. They're doing their thing. They look like there are many business people and I thought, okay, this is a nice little stepping stone. Yeah. And my original plan was, look, I'm gonna get a sales job as a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. I'm gonna work for it at two years because my research showed that most of the reps, they high turnover, after two years they move on and do something. I thought, okay, cool, I'll get in there, two years, learn how to sell, make some money, go do my own business. Still didn't know what I wanted to do, right? Now, the thing is, I think I stayed as a sales rep for about, Three or f no, four or five years. 
right? Money was good. Like, the money was good. <laughs> the money was good, but at the same right. time, it's that fear. Right. It's that fear of saying, I can't go do it by myself. Like, I've, I've got a nice, they've given me a nice car, mm. nice wage. Like, I'm my own boss. I pick my own, well, I don't pick my own hours, but I pick my own appointments where I'm going to be for the day. I'm sort of doing my own thing. I'm sort of my own businessman, right? It was, it was cushy. However, that desire to do my own thing was still there. Right. And we started the business, I'd say, about a year or so into our full-time employment. So it was there and on the back burner, just going in the back burner. And at some point, we realized that, look, this business isn't going to grow until it's given time. Right? Yeah. If you don't put time into your business, it just doesn't grow. And it came to a point where I'm working, I'm putting all my spare time into the business, but it's plateaued. Yeah. It's just not going anywhere. So in order for it to get to the next level, you just got to do it. And that's where it was. It came out of that thing, that uncomfortable position where it's like, what do I want more? My career to grow up or my business? Yeah. And then you just got to make, I had to make the move. Yeah. It was just, it was like, it felt comfortable. At that point, it was comfortable to make the move because it was so uncomfortable not seeing my business grow. So I thought, I'm making that move now. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go back to your business really and yeah. still almost. And what, well, I need to relate it to black, you know, because yeah. that's what black ticket is all about. Yeah. You know, positive black actions. Exactly. Do you do the do you do the circuits, like the fashion week circuits? No. Okay. I mean, when we initially started, we did go, turn up to the fashion weeks and fashion events and we did a lot of networking, which yeah. is which is definitely useful. Now, the reason why we and we did a few fashion shows in the beginning too. Okay. Now, the reason why we steered away from the fashion circuit is we feel that it's just not for our business at the moment. Right. Right. With the fashion circuits, what comes is, is a lot of hefty fees up front to be able to put yourself out there, right? right? Okay. And I feel like for the up-and-coming designer, unless you have someone big backing you, or you have a lot of hype behind you or a big name, then your show pretty much is just you paying for everyone else to be at Fashion Week, right? They're just taking your money, and they're stroking your ego by saying, yeah, you had a show, but it means nothing. Like, if Tom Ford comes to Fashion Week, it's a big deal. He has Anna Wintour and he has Kanye West sitting in the front row. He has all the press, so it means something. Yeah. If Morton Moore does Fashion Week, a few of your friends come, right? Your ego, you feel great because your friends clapped and said you did great, you did a show at Somerset House. However, what does it mean for the business? Nothing. So for that reason, we've, we've stuck, we've just moved away from Fashion Week and things like that. I mean, we'll go and network, networking is great. But aside from that, it's just not for us. Do you have any stories like whilst you're networking where you've almost seen it, the microaggressions of, of the racial injustice just because, you know, you two are, I said, you and your business partner are black, you know, you're black tailors that I could only name one, I think Oswald Boateng in truth. Yeah. Um, I don't know many others. So yeah. do you find people just still a bit reluctant to almost collaborate and work with you just due to your race? Do you have any, yeah? It's interesting. See, this is the thing. I thought it would be. Okay. I thought it would be, um, unless my eyes aren't open fully and I'm just not seeing it. But at the moment, I, I would say no. I'd say it's more the opposite, other way around. I would say that when we go out to these events and we get involved in these fashion weeks and we, we turn up and things like that, we're in the minority. So when they see two black guys walk in, sharp suits, everyone turns around like, who are these guys? Like, what's going on? Everyone wants to come and talk to you and find out, who are you? What do you do? Why do you look so sharp? And in that sense, we tend to get more attention. Okay. I'll tell you, there just isn't enough of us. There really is not enough of us out there. So everywhere we go, always get attention. Every networking event we go to, people want to know who we are. But does that convert? 
Does it convert? Do you know what I mean? Because it's all good. Yeah. You can, I can have attention, and you can yeah. have attention. I can walk down the street naked, you know, for, yeah. for all want of a better way of getting attention. Yeah. But I'm getting attention. But what does that do? Was it? Ah, see, that's a good in, point. In, in a sense, yeah. when you said, what does a fashion week do for you in business? Other than stroking ego, yeah. right? Yeah, so what it does do is it opens up your door to other connections, your doors to other connections. So people see you and be like, wow, I like those guys. Now, they may not be able to buy into your product or collaborate with you, but what may happen, what tends to happen, not even may, what tends to happen is, ah, oh, do you know what? I'm going to introduce you to my friend that works at this magazine because... I think you guys would do so well. And he speaks to his friend and says, well, do you know what? These guys are amazing. These black guys, they make suits. They look, they look fabulous. And we get that a lot. So a lot of our connections where things have happened for us have happened because people see us and like, you know what? You would work so well with this person. And so far, white, black, whatever the race is, they seem to be helping us at the moment. It hasn't been a hindrance so far. Now, at the same time, are we at the same level as a white tailor? right now? The answer is no, right? Now, could that be because a lot of white clients that would buy suits see us and think, I don't want to buy from some black boys. I'd rather buy from the old white guy over here. I'd rather not. So maybe that's coming and we're not seeing it because a lot of our client base is black. Yeah. I was going to say, but you seem, you seem to be okay with that. Do you know, for we now. are. I mean, um, this is the thing, we are. I mean, we would like to reach out to everybody. Of course. But if it stays black, then that's, that's what it is. That's what's going to be. So, I mean, I can only assume that it's because we're black and we market within our community that that's the reason why we have a black client base. Yeah. It could be because white people see us, but they're like, nah, we don't want to buy from them. It could be, but we don't know. It's an assumption. So, But it's not a healthy one as well, right? It's not, oh, definitely not. It's definitely not a healthy assumption. Like, okay, so they don't want to buy from us. I'm not going to... Yeah. I'm not going to kneel or bend or bow down any further <laughs> for, yeah. for me to get their acceptance. You know, yeah. we can do it ourselves and, you know, yeah. we've definitely got enough of the capital, you know, the economy to be able to be self-sufficient. Hey guys, before we get back to the episode, I just wanted to say thank you very much for listening to us. Now you can continue to support us by visiting www.lacticulate.com or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now let's get back to the episode. So I want to, because Black Articulate for me, I mean, really and truly, is all about telling individual stories, success yeah. stories, you know, positive stories. And like I said, guys, just by even listening, you can already tell Joshua is unbelievably confident. And if you see his uh, Instagram account <laughs> and website, yeah, he's, uh, he's sharp, he's sharp. Thank so you, have you, thank you. <laughs> have you always been this confident? Um, I think confidence, it... it this is the thing, it all depends on what I'm talking about, okay. right? Now, if you were to take me somewhere and say, look, Josh, I want you to give a presentation on women's fashion, you start seeing me shaking, right? Because right. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'll just be like, what? I look like an idiot. Now, when it comes to suits, when it comes to business, when it comes to my... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My business. I feel like I'm 100% confident because it's mine. I know what I'm talking about. Um, in the past, when I was working in the pharmaceutical company, I was confident then too because I absorbed myself in the products and the company and I was able to sell and be successful there because I did that. So that made me confident. Um, I've always noticed when I'm not confident. I've always noticed when I'm not and that's when I don't know what I'm talking about. Or I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So it all depends. I think it all depends. But you shy away from being in those positions where you don't know what you're doing. That's interesting. That's an interesting one. Yes and no. Sometimes I do. But in other times I think, you know what, I need to run towards this. Because until I run towards this, I'm never going to be proficient in it. And that's sort of how it was with loads of areas within our business, how it developed. It was a case of, look, we're a bit scared of doing that. But you know what, let's just do it. Let's just make that leap and see what happens. Because once you chase after that fear and start doing something, then you realise, you know, it's not so bad. Yeah. It's okay. So... Yeah, I mean, do I shy away from it? Now I don't. Now I don't. I think that's just come from experience more than anything. Okay. So I want you to help, almost help my listeners who yeah. are listening and thinking, geez, yeah, Joshua's the one, you know. How, <laughs> how can I almost, I wouldn't necessarily say copy your success or yeah. just emulate, but, you know, what sort of action points can you give them if they want to start their own? Yeah. Something similar. Okay, well, I mean, firstly, I will start by saying, I mean, I don't think I'm necessarily where I want to be right now. I don't necessarily think I'm the, the polished article. However, I'm happy with where I am. And that is, I think that's a distinction, is a case of, for the listeners, if they want to be an entrepreneur, or if they are an entrepreneur and they want to start business and they want to go into their own field and do something, it has to be their passion. It can't just be a case of, look, I want to have my own business. So you know what? Um, I think people are into people are into wearing white trainers these days. So I'm just going to start a white trainer business. I think that would be cool. That will sell. People like that. It doesn't work like that because business is hard. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Oswald Botang, business is difficult, right? But it's when it's your passion, then's when the difficulty, you override it. The difficult times, when it's really tough, you're like, what's my, I love doing this. It doesn't matter. I'll I'll go without pay for a few months. I'll go without pay for a whole year because I love doing this. When it's your passion to say, make smoothies and make sure people are healthy, right? 
you go the extra mile and you make it happen. So for the listeners, I would say, what's your passion? What do you actually want to do? Do you actually want to be an accountant and work in a law in, work to a law firm, work in an accountancy firm? Do you, if that's what you want to do, then do it to the best of your ability. Rise to the top and be the CEO of that, that, that firm. But if you want to go out and do your own thing, why? What's your passion? What do you want to do it in? How do you want to affect people? How do you want to affect yourself, your family? And when you can answer those questions, it starts becoming easier in the steps you need to take to do it. Because everyone's steps are different. Now, someone could have to leave their job straight away on day one in order to fulfill their passion. It just so happens I was able to do mine side by side until I felt, you know what, let me just jump and do it. But everybody's different. Yeah. But the position, and I mean, where everyone's the same is the passion. Everyone I've seen in life that is really doing something with themselves and really successful is because they're passionate about what they're doing. And, and that's it. So find your passion and chase it. Yeah, I mean, you, we read all of that, don't we, all the yeah. time, where predominantly business entrepreneurs are like, if you if you find your passion, then technically you're not really ever working. Right. Do you know, because you just love it, and you know that when you do get those barriers and those obstacles, it's like, well, you knew that was going to happen, but yeah. I'm, I still haven't, you know, waned in my enthusiasm. I think Winston yeah. Churchill said it best, he goes, um, success is the ability to move from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm exactly exactly i love that so i love that i'm like yeah so when i when i heard that i was like yeah but i mean sometimes it's difficult to find your passion sometimes it's difficult to know what it is you love doing so how, how do you identify that Can... oh it's there i mean i see what you mean i do see mm. what you mean but it is there it's just that you're not seeing it there's something you enjoy doing i guarantee you there's something you love doing but the reason why you can't see it is because you think this is not a business this is not work, like this isn't work, this is just something I do for fun, like, this isn't a business. And a lot of the times, a lot of entrepreneurs think, do you know, I'm a phony, I'm a fraud, what they're thinking, they tell me this as well, they think, I'm a phony, I'm a fraud, this isn't a business, like, why are people paying me for this? Yeah. But really and truly it is, right? You just need to find what is it you, what is it you enjoy doing? Yeah. Don't put any negative thoughts in your head as to, to be like, well, no one's gonna pay me for this or no one's gonna do that. There's always a way to monetize your passion, there's always a way, whether it's a case of, selling your expertise or selling a product or a service there's always a way to do it but find what it, your passion is okay like, what do you enjoy doing yeah. think about it i mean that's true yeah so if we make it into your expertise yeah. right tailoring um <laughs> are there any go-to bibles any you know any readings or resources that you could recommend you know For, that you, you know to start up a business similar to you know bespoke tailoring um i don't necessarily want you to give them your your secret source yeah, <laughs> if you don't well, want I mean, to. Look, but well, this is I the mean... thing. I mean, look, in terms of the way we grow, right, mm. I have to give out my secrets. Like, I can't, I can't now find a secret of a way to do something and then keep it to myself, right? That means only I grow. Yeah. But in order for me to grow properly, for me to go fully to my full potential, I need you to help me to grow too, right? And then I need your backing and my other brother's backing and my other sister's backing. And the only way I can do that is by helping them to grow. So as long as we're helping each other to grow, we all rise. Mm. If I hold on to the secrets myself, then I sort of get a little bit of success, but I'm not really going anywhere. The community doesn't go anywhere, right? Yeah, absolutely right. So in terms of the secrets to business, the way we came up, it was, I wouldn't say it was lucky, but I would say we just asked loads of questions and just put ourselves out there, did a lot of networking. Um, we learned as we went along. So for example, when we started the tailoring business, it was a case of, okay, cool, 
we need to find someone that can actually make the suit. So we went traveling. We literally went traveling, looked around. We bought tons and tons and tons of suits. Loads of the suits fell apart. Loads of the suits were poor quality. Until finally we found someone who was like, you know, this suit's really good. Right? This is a gem. This suit's really good. We can sell this. So then the next step was, okay, cool, how do you measure? You need to learn how to measure and what, what, how to put together a suit. Then we started learning how to measure, how to design, and we just did it over and over again. The first suits that came just looked awful, right? <laughs> you've got sleeves coming up to someone's biceps. You've got... <laughs> it was off, but it was practice, right? And you've got... There's a book by, um, I think, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell where it says you've got to put in 10,000 hours to perfect your craft. Yeah. And that was us putting in our 10,000 hours. I mean, there's no... There's no real secret to success other than hard work. And we just started practicing every time, like keep creating them. Can we sell this now? Okay, cool, so I'm gonna make one for this guy in church, right, he's getting married. Look, can I do your wedding suit? Cool, he bought it. Very small money, like 100 pounds or so. Just wanna test the market, make it um, attractive to someone to say, well, I wanna try these young boys. Cause we were young when we started, very young when we started. So it's like, why should I, I'm a 50 year old man, get, I mean, I'm a 40 year old man getting married. Why yeah. should I trust these small 20 year old boys to make my suit? What, what do you mean? Yeah. I go to Marks and Spencer's, so make it attractive for them and, and do the suit. Do one wedding, it's like, whoa, who made your suit? Those are boys over there. Okay, I'm getting married, you're doing my suit. That's one wedding. Okay, more people go to the wedding, five people there, I'm getting married. Who did the suit? And from there, word of mouth, and over the years, we're getting better and better through practice because we're still making more suits. We're refining the process. We're understanding how to measure more, how to alter, alter a suit more as well, what goes into a good design. And also matching people's personalities to suits as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can see, look, you're a guy that's quite flamboyant. Go for this. You're a guy that's quite reserved, but you still want to be stylish. Try this. Yeah. Put some subtle details in there that people think, yeah, but you're not going to scream at people. It's subtle. And I think the key to business and getting there is practice. Don't be scared of practice and stop looking for the shortcut. So when someone says to me, what's the secret? The secret is hard work, yeah. right? It's right in front of you, it's clear, plain to see, but no one, not everyone wants to do the hard work. They wanna know, okay, cool, who do I speak to just to get here? And who do I speak to to get there? And who do I get, no, 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 look. Network, speak to everybody. Hard work, hard work, hard work, and I guarantee you'll get there. There's just, there's just no way you can put in hard work trying to get to a goal and you, you just don't progress. It's gonna happen with hard work. I mean, that that is so, I mean, that's profound and that is amazing. Um, yeah. Got a couple more, a couple yeah. more for you before we uh, hit the uh, the mark. Um, you keep on talking about networking and don't be afraid to ask, you know, yeah. practice, do the 10,000 hours like you mentioned with Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. Now, do you have a story particularly where someone might have come to you for help or you've gone to them for help and they've helped you out and, um, yeah, let's start with that. And uh... It's funny, actually, you should say that. La just last night, right, just last yesterday, one of, the, one of my friends that I know that works in fashion as well, right, he, was, he posted up a picture on Instagram or on Facebook as well, like a few days ago or last week, and he was at the GQ Men of the Year Awards, right? Okay. And we've always wanted to go there. We've been thinking, we knew it was invitation only, and in order to get in there, you had to pay thousands of pounds for a ticket as well. Jesus. And we were just like, look, it's just unlikely we're going to go there unless we've got to connect. And we were just, we saw, I saw a picture of him there and I thought, how has he pulled that off? Yeah. He's, he's at the GQ, <laughs> like, how has he done this, right? And for a long time, I was just thinking, I really like this, I really rate this guy. Because he does a lot of things that I really rate as well. And I was like, you know what, I really rate this guy. Look, amazing. But then yesterday, I just thought to myself, I was still thinking, how's he? I thought, you know what, I'm just going to ask him. Yeah. I'm just going to ask him. I, said, I sent him a text and said, look, 
you don't have to tell me if you don't want to because I know what it is. I know sometimes people like to keep their links to themselves, but how did you do it? How did you get there? And the first thing he said to me was, you know what? I'm so happy you asked me. Because okay. so I know so many people out there wonder how I'm doing what I'm doing, but they're scared to ask me. They never ask. And they always sit there thinking things about me, but they don't ask, right? Mm -hmm. And because you asked me, I'm always happy to share. And he shared with me, okay, cool, look, I met this person, I networked with that person, they then introduced me to an intern who then brought me in for free. Nice. They just invited me along last minute, brought me in for free, and I was like, that's interesting. He goes, and he said to me, what was interesting, he said to me last night, never stop asking. Just never stop asking. People may say no, people may say yes, but until you ask, you just don't know. Yeah. And I just thought, that is, that is, that is very profound. And I thought, wow, that's something I learned. That's something I, well, that's something I learned last night, a nice little lesson. But in terms of people coming to us, I think we get that quite a lot now. Now, I mean, in terms of, we've been to a few schools, we've done talks. We've had a few talks in front of other audiences as well. We've been asked to come along as guest speakers and we've presented our business and how we've got to where we are now. And we've always been happy to give out information, how we've done it, like where we're at at the moment and where we plan to be. We've had people on Twitter just tweet us, say, well, look, I'm really interested in you guys. Can I just get five minutes of your time? Look, come in, we'll give you an hour. Look, no one, and this is the thing, no one asks us. People rarely like get me on Instagram and say, well, look, you guys are killing it, or I really admire what you're doing. Tell me how you're doing it. Can I come and speak with you guys? No, people already ask that. So when people ask it, it's like, yeah, come in, yeah. sit down with me, let's, let's talk. Like, like we're doing right now. <laughs> like we're doing right now. I mean, I'm always happy to share because when you make it, I'm gonna smile. I'm, re I'm really gonna be happy because like, if I can say, look, I just helped out a little bit. I just did a tiny bit. Like I said one word and he took a little bit of advice and he did this or she did that. I'm gonna be like, you know what? You could be better than me. You could be 10 times, you could be the next Bill Gates, way above me and I'm still small time. But if I'm like, I helped like with that, uh, amazing. That's, that's amazing, okay. yeah. So Joshua, my last question is, you've got, this is an open mic, you ask, <laughs> ask my audience, do you need help? What is you, what's your next step? What do you need help with? And see, I hope maybe someone listening might be able to get in touch with you guys, because I'm gonna put that in the show notes like I always do guys. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, United, we, uh, yeah. what is it, the expression is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If yeah. you want to go far, go together. Exactly. I think the big thing for Morton Moore, which has possibly been, I say Morton Moore and myself, for the last year or so, or even the last two years, is brand awareness. That's the thing we've really been pushing on. So that's why you, you often will see us on social media, really interacting with our audience, trying to understand what it is they look for, why is they like us, what, that why? How do we get in front of more people like yourself? And it's always been about brand awareness. So when the next guy anywhere in the world or anywhere in London to begin with says, I need to get a suit, what's to get him to think straight away more to more without thinking Mark Spencer or Burton's, without having to even research or go on Instagram and look around and see, oh, more to more buzzing. Who are these guys? I don't even want them to do that. Not even research and find us, but the minute they think I need a suit, more to more. There's that company, more to more. I heard about them. That's where we want to be. We want to have that brand awareness where it's like, wow, people know who we are. So even if someone doesn't know about us, I'm looking to get a suit soon. Do you know what, mate? I've heard about more to more, you know? Go check them out. Yeah. They're a good outfit. I think that's, where, that's, that's the help we really need now, is getting the word out there, getting in front of people, saying, well, look, we're a reputable brand. This is what we can do for your image. Come and see us. Well, 
guys, if anyone's listening who's a, I guess, a PR <laughs> expert, yeah, you know, in terms of helping small, medium-sized businesses, you know, be front of mind, then, guys, you need to check out more to more. Thank Joshua, you. Joshua, um, I can't say nothing more than it's been an absolute pleasure. It has been. I, um, I hope everyone who's listening look, checks out more to more and... Um, yeah, get in touch. I'll put the show notes. In fact, actually, let's get it on tape. Yeah. Um, how can we find you? Yeah, so you can find us at mortemore.com. So that's M-O-R-T-S-A-N-D-M-O-R-E.com. Or Instagram with the same name, same name Morton Moore. Also, we're on, um, you can email us, info at mortemore.com. And I think those are the best routes to get to us. We've recently started, well, I say recently, in the past six months, been doing a YouTube channel. Right, and this is another way for us to speak to our audience. So, if you're interested in style, men's fashion, and you're looking at style advice, check us out on YouTube with the same name, Morton Moore, and we weekly answer, or yeah, weekly answer people's style questions and, and give out style advice and etiquette as well. So, yeah, check us out on YouTube. Amazing, and guys, once again, thanks for listening. And it's been another episode of Black Ticulate. Catch you guys soon. Bye. Thank you. I'd like to personally thank my sound editor, Chris Reese, And most of all, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. For more information on how you can get involved, please visit www.blackticulate.com and also follow Blackticulate on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter social media. Stay tuned for another episode of Blackticulate, Black Stories, Positive Actions. So one of the things I didn't even say on, on tape, one of the massive reasons behind my personal drive, right, is so guys like me, that are young black, from non-wealthy parents, right, from the lower classes or the middle class, should I say, that, yeah, you can do it, right? Do you know how many guys that are like me are like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. I can't, that's not for me, like, I, I play football or rap. If I can't rap or play football, then... I'm just going to have to find a part-time job somewhere or just do whatever, right? Or go to the streets and start selling drugs. Exactly. I can't, I can't do that. But when guys see me, they're like, wait a second, what's he doing? Like, what, what are you doing, bro, bro, what are you doing there? And when I'm showing them, yeah, I'm here, I'm mixing it up with this crowd, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Like, okay, you know what, I can do it too. If he can do it, right? if he can do it, then why can't I do it? And that's what I think I lacked when I grew up, right? You look around, there was no one else that I could see, I was looking at me, that was doing it, I was like, okay, there's, there's no one that, everyone I knew, I grew up in Peckham, as I have on the road, or they were making music, or they were playing football, and that's it. Everyone else was either just like, oh, I work in an office somewhere, admin staff, or I'm, you know, not, not really doing my passion, I'm not, just work, right? That's all I knew. I never saw anyone up there mixing it. I thought, you know what? I've got to be that guy then. Yeah. If there's no one doing it, then I've got to be the guy. I've got to be the one that's got to be up there doing it. So when young boys look up, they're like, wow, yeah. this guy's doing tailoring. Like, that's supposed to be an old white man's thing. Why are these young boys, what? <laughs> right? So, yeah, I mean. I mean, and that's the best cause, you know. Massively, massively. Guess what? <laughs> I've got our tape. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.